Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast, brought to you by Worship Catalyst. Worship Catalyst is a nonprofit ministry built to help people find and worship Jesus by mentoring and training worship leaders and their teams. This podcast is part of that mission. In the next few minutes, it is our goal to help you do more with less. For more information and resources or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to say no to people that are terrible at things. So Lane and Steven are back with us. How's it going, guys? How are you, man? Good to be back. Yeah, great to be back, man. So I'm not going to give any answers today to any question. I'm only going to ask these guys because they're very angry and mean all the time to people. That's right. But let me set up this podcast today. All right, you ready? So sometimes people think they can do things they can't do. All right? And I am guilty because I really think sometimes that I could still get out there, take the snap, find an open receiver, and and throw it at the professional level, slash at least college level. However, I realized that's like, a, I never was like, I never was good for that. But I, you know, like I had this thought process that I could do it. And sometimes when I see Dak throw a really, ridiculous pass or miss an open receiver because you just didn't see him. I feel like I could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but that happens in singing and we know that because of American Idol and we've seen the uh, really, uh, really bad singers that show up and their mom or somebody at some point told them that they were this really good singer, you know? And so they show up and they just know that they're great. And you know, back in the day when that Simon Cowell, if you ever watched American Idol back in its heyday, it's like he was just drill people, and he was like the only honest judge. You know, everybody else was like trying to be nice, but he was just like, no, you're terrible, and you're not going to be on this show anymore. <laughs> yep. Well, obviously, we can't take that tact, but if you're like me, guys, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have had people want to be on your team, and God didn't call them to be a singer. And you know that because they have no skill set <laughs> in that area. Okay, so... I said I've set this up for you guys to walk through. So I'm just going to ask questions. I'm too nice to answer these questions, so I'm just going to ask them for you. Okay, so that's cool. great. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Good. In this discussion, it seems like to me that there should be a barrier between somebody's ambition to be in the band or to be a singer and the reality of them actually taking the stage, and. A lot of churches set that barrier up as an audition or, an, or a whole audition process. And so would you agree that that is a good asset to have on your team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's talk through them. What is a healthy audition process? Let's just talk about that first, that weeds out the people who God didn't call to do that, but helps the people that have to get through it. So here we go. How's that work? When do y'all go first? What's your audition process? Man, so I feel like my audition process has tweaked throughout the years. So I've been in worship ministry now, man. I don't know, dude, like at a, in a church context for what, 15 years. Um, so I've learned how to do it better. I think as much as I can take out of the front end and guesswork, the better. That's where this boundary comes in. So what I currently do right now um, we're at, we're at a decent sized church. There are a lot of people here that 
that enjoy music and have some skills or think they have skills. So it is very common through our pipeline of like our membership class for people to which to serve on the on the platform at our church. You have to be a member. It's one of our one of our our rules, our policies with that. So I will constantly get what we call a connect card that says, hey, interested in joining the worship ministry. So my first step before anything to alleviate any surprises is that I send them a form that details, has questions, everything from relating to their personal walk with Christ, how they became to, to, to follow Christ, all these things, right? But then, man, really in-depth questions about their musical experience. So I can honestly, at this point, pretty quickly tell what kind of involvement or experience they have with music. And then at the end of it, you got to send me a link of, of an audition. Now there's going to be an in-person right. screening later, which is the big thing, but dude, I can go ahead and see from the video you send me whether I should go to that next stage or not. And I make it very clear that um, as the worship pastor here, I've got the right to invite you to that next step or to just say the time is not right. Here's where I want to challenge you to, to serve instead. That's my first start. Yeah. Contrary to what Austin said, I am not the guy that's good at saying no. You know, I know my, my demeanor would say otherwise I'm very angry looking, but um, uh-huh. I think um, it's interesting. Cause I, so my, my church, I've, I've started a couple different contexts, but where I am now is, is, is a, you know, smaller church under 200 people. And our team is, you know, including production, like 20 below. Right. So we're a pretty small team in, in the grand scheme of things, but I would say that I go through a similar process to what what you would say, Lane. Is is there's like an initial screening? You kind of have those those conversations about about membership. Hey, what's your you know how you know if it's somebody that just started coming like last week and is talking about it? There's probably a different conversation we have. Well, like let's talk in a couple months. Um, but because we're on kind of a smaller church, I would say that our process just naturally kind of moves a little bit faster and hasn't gotten weird yet, but, uh, you know, most of the time it, it kind of comes where uh, initial conversation kind of get to know them, have coffee, make sure, you know, that we're kind of on the same page, you know, then I, there will be some kind of, Hey, send me a video. Hey, come, let's come jam together for a little bit just to kind of see where you're at. And then taking the, the next steps of, of, of joining the team. I would say what I wrestle with a lot of the time, because we have a smaller team, that and because i mean i i tend to as my personality i just see like potential even sometimes incorrect potential <laughs> uh and i may i may jump 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 it and be like you know hey let's let's go ahead and get you on we'll get you practicing we'll get you you yeah. know um we can we can teach you how to sing yeah yeah that's right yeah we can uh man just hold the microphone no don't be those people um but i think uh that's that's kind of where I, I'm constantly kind of feeling out our process and being a little more, you know, fluid with it. We're still kind of, uh, I guess, formulating it uh, here, but it's similar to yours, Lane, maybe just a little bit more, um, a little more organic. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, um, there's this church, uh, one of the leaders on our worship catalyst team. One of the things I love about the early stages of their audition process, Lane, like you were talking about, is that they have really clear expectations of what you have to do to make the team. So like for a drummer, they're like, you have to be able to play with a click, like nailed. For a lead guitar player, you have to be able to play scales in every key or whatever it is, you know, and for singers, you have to be able to harmonize or, you know, whatever the things are. And what that does is it, I think, helps people not even audition if they know there's no way that they could ever do that. Which sounds really terrible, but it also helps 
narrow the funnel. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's kind of what I was gonna gonna um, say as well. I think when you have those strong values and expectations that you communicate from the get go, um, sometimes, and I mean, there's so many good things about having values and clear expectations just for your team, your church. There's so many wins there, but I think one of the biggest wins is that it puts a barrier, like a really very protective, healthy barrier. Uh, so that most people, they, they will see, well, like I can't do that. So I'm not even, you know, we don't want to create an environment. It's like, well, I'm not even going to try, but if like you can't play guitar, yeah. you want to play guitar in the worship team. It just gives you that out. You know, if you want to sing, but you know, you, you, you can't sing harmony or you can't, um, or you've never sang before ever, um, you know, then maybe let's have a conversation about what are you doing to work towards this place? Um, and I think too, I think that's sometimes where we miss it. Uh, cause I, I wrote this down when I was thinking about it is having strong expectations, uh, but not exclusive ones. So like you almost have to have like, uh, you know, if someone genuinely says, man, I really, man, feel like God's gifted me in this area. I'm not, quite where I need to be having like ways that you've put in place that you can help people get, get there instead of being, well, you know, you don't make, you make the cut. So, um, go serving kids, um, which that may be where they need to go. And that's kind of our role as shepherds and discerning those things. But I think having strong expectations, but not exclusive ones in the sense where we have like a step process to be like, Hey, you're not ready yet, but here, if you can go do these, these things, um, then we can talk again later. And I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but <laughs> You're not jumping the gun, but every single time somebody says <laughs> that I have this conversation, they say, oh, <clears throat> maybe, you know, music isn't your thing, but you can work in the, the children. I, like, <laughs> I know. Why is that the case? Yeah, hey, <laughs> I was just joking with our kids director about this, and she's like, send them all. Even if they're good, <laughs> send them. I need them, man. We need the help. The the kids department is just a boneyard of, Dude, of, of, uh, of former worship leaders <laughs> and, <laughs> and wannabe guitar players. Wannabe singers. Steven, you know, that's a good point. So here, I'd say two other barriers to that point. One of my questions are, if you are not asked to join the worship team, what other interests ministry do you have that you could serve? So it gives them a chance to go in and throw it out there. And man, I'm 100% mm-hmm. going to match them up with one of their interests, right? I love that. Beyond that, that, I always take someone with me for these screenings and I always have someone else speaking into it. So like if a dude's coming in, he's or a person, whatever, they're they're trying out for drums, doing a drum screen. I'm bringing in my A drum and they know that. So that's going to help them, one, elevate their game or realize that this is serious, realize that this guy that's coming in, and they see him, you know, at least two weeks a month and he's an A baller, great drummer. They, they know that they don't want to show up and be embarrassed. And honestly, a couple of times that has persuade has dissuaded a couple of people from, from coming to that next step. Cause they're like, all right, I'm not anywhere near that level. I need some time to grow in it on the opposite side. When these people come and I have these, these others come in and step in with me, whether they're vocalists, guitarists, drummers, and they're there with them, man, they're able to give them encouragement and they're able to catch some things maybe that I will even miss. Cause my specialty is not drums or my specialty is not, necessarily bass guitar or whatever and they can show and, and teach them some ways that they can get to that next level so it is it's intentional to help them grow in that or it's a way to say dude keep them off the stage you know that kind of thing so it's it's a good another good barrier never choose alone i love that man that's really I good. love lane that you're like man never uh that puts you in a really bad position as a as one of the pastors or leaders of the church to be the guy that's always telling everybody what they can't do absolutely yep yep Hey, I want to throw something else at you guys and just see what your experience has been. My experience has been that 
people that play instruments typically look out there at the band or whoever's playing on stage and assess themselves somewhat correctly as to whether they're able to match up with that or not. But vocalists, I have not had the same experience. Is that similar to what you've seen? Funny, man, that's probably a pretty true assessment for whatever reason. Again, maybe it's maybe call it the American Idol effect. Maybe maybe call it like growing up and your parents hear you sing and they just say, keep singing. It's great. And, you know, I think that's pretty valid statement. So like I try to combat that by doing I'm calling them. I mean, they're gang vocals, but it's like a worship choir gang vocal thing to where some of these people that I'm not going to have up as my platform like singers, man, I'll all day throw them in that group and try to do that every couple of months. So they're still using their giftedness, even if it's not the, the most strong gift, but they have an outlet for that. And it's a way to sort of shepherd them that way also. All right, here we go. They have come through the audition process. They filled out their preforms. They did their spiritual evaluation. They have done their live singing thing in front of a panel of people telling them uh, to do this or that and play this or that. And you get to the place where it's a yes or a no, and the team decides it's a no or a not yet or something. How do you go through the process of having that conversation? Man, I think you have to be, and again, this is something that I like have struggled with for a long time. So this is this is more I'm preaching to myself, probably. I think you have to be very honest and not try to be like, you know, indirect or passive. I think you have to be really honest, like, hey, you know, these are the areas that you're that you're you're good at. These are the areas that you're not good at. And then I think we can shepherd well by giving some, some good steps to follow, you know, after that, like, Hey, we'd love for you to work on this. Here's some like resources that you can use. And and probably before you get there, you need to evaluate even a little further and be like, do I even see this? Like if they're just out of whack, tone deaf, or like, there's no, then I would, instead of giving steps, I'd be like, Hey, you know, I want you to consider these weaknesses that you have. And then let's schedule like a follow-up conversation to tell me what you think. And if you still want to, <laughs> if you still think you you want to serve, um, then let's let's continue to to talk through that. I, I would say that um, I like what you said a second ago, Lane, and like assessing some other areas that they're they're passionate about. Being that gives you a thing that you like. Look, as you work on these things, would really encourage you to still serve in the church because you have a heart for that. So go to kids, right? No, go to go to youth. Go to um, go to first impressions. Um, do something else so you're not just sitting. Like, when am I going to get on the worship team? When am I going to like go serve the church? Because that's what this is all about, right? We're here to serve the church. So I think you got to emphasize that. Um, but I would say be very honest and um, have practical steps that follow that that you can give them instead of being like, nope come back in six months and we'll talk again. Like you get, but have like a plan in place. Yeah. I think that's a good word. I think it's, I think it's so important, man, to have immediate feedback ready. Again, if you've, if you've had these barriers and you've prepared enough on the front end, you've got a pretty decent idea of what's about to happen. You're not going to get shocked. I think it's a disservice to the people if they come in and you know, man, you're, you're pretty certain they're not going to make it. And um, as much as it would be tempting to me, and probably years ago, I did do this more to say, Hey, great job. Let me, let me call you back in three days. That was really good. Yeah. Let me just kind of pray about it. Think through it instead. And this is harder, but this is where for me, I have a conviction about it. I'm going to say, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time on this survey or on the, the 
the form I gave you, you took time to record, you took time to come to this out of your day. I, I'm so thankful for all that. I just want to let you know, like, it's not the right time for you to serve here on the worship ministry. I just, I'm not going to invite you to do it. I do think you can grow some in this area for sure. And here's some ways I want to help you in it. If you, if you don't agree or you want to talk about it, I want you to talk to me about it. Go process it for a day. Give me a call back. Um, and let's just, let's just see how we can get stronger in it. So like that kind of, I try to do it in humility because, uh, you know, truthfully, like I even say to them, I'm not God's gift to musicians or vocalists, anything like that, but God's given me this, this area to shepherd and to, to lead and guide. And so we want to do it with excellence and you're not quite to where we would have that part going with you on the stage. And so, man, as I've done it, it's hard. There've been some tears, but what I then do, man, if I don't hear from them, I follow up, I like embrace the awkward for me, embrace it, like go at them, yeah. show them you care. That's where the shepherding comes in and say, look, I know it's not what you were thinking, but like, how are you? Tell me what you're thinking. And that helps much, man. It's so good. I love that. You know, I would say most, most worship leaders that I know, it seems like don't have, uh, would struggle being that forward lane. I think that's a gift mm-hmm. that you have. Stephen, for instance, on this call, Stephen, uh, you are, that would be a challenge. Definitely. <laughs> oh be, yeah. That you'd lose sleep. You'd lose sleep for sure. Yep. Over I'm that losing conversation. sleep. Yeah. I'm losing sleep tonight. Just thinking about it. you know uh thanks lane for the input on that you know uh a couple of things just simple like deals that in my experience that i've kind of learned through one of them is that the decision is always we like you were saying there's more people in the room but even that decision is um i don't ever i would never say yes or no to someone by myself Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so and i let that person know hey this isn't me telling you it's a yes or no we're going to th- talk about it because <clears throat> we need a chance to process it, but it's going to be the three of us or the five of us or whatever it is, you know, they're going to have this conversation. Now I'm going to have the final word, obviously as the leader, but, and then the other thing is because of the tears and the yelling, because I've received, and at first when I've really been attacked for decisions I've made in this regard, um, I took it super personally, you know, and like, but what I realize is it's terrible for somebody to hear bad news in front of, like, to their face. And so, um, especially if there's somebody else in the room or whatever. And so what I what I did was uh, I started, if somebody was a yes, I would call them and tell them it's a yes later that day or the next morning or whatever. But if it's a no, it's an email with, like you're saying, Stephen, and some next steps or whatever, if they have that potential. And... um but then a <clears throat> I would love to call I would love to call you and talk about that. Is there a time that's good for you to do that? You know what I mean? It's not like we're trying to never talk to him again, yeah. but I just want to give people a chance if they need to like process that by themselves. Sure. You know? For sure. So nah, that's that's that thing. That's a good thing, man. For sure. It's tricky because it is, it's so vulnerable, man. These people are coming in, um, possibly being told their whole life, man, you've got this gift. You're so great. Gotta, mm-hmm. We got to recognize that and realize that and not be harsh on them. I mean, I have buddies that are just, I mean, they're straight up like, it's, it's a its a red light. It's a no, thanks for coming. And mm. I feel like they've earned that right because their church is at a level. And I'm like, man, I, uh, you're just crushing. You're crushing souls at that point, you know? Mm. So there is a balance. There is a balance, man. I think though, from a I think from a from a kingdom, from a pastoral perspective, like we've got this responsibility to help people do what God's called them to do as much as possible, you know, and to help them assess that. And so I think we're doing a disservice. Like I'm 
Like, it's just a disservice to somebody to... Because think about all that God could do through them through an area where they're actually gifted and called and anointed instead of trying to put this square peg in a round hole and maybe they they get some sort of joy out of it. But where did, you know, the kingdom, the kingdom advancement that could take place through them in their gifting, like God gave them that gift for a reason, you know, or that talent or whatever. So Yeah, I think what's trickier for me at this point, man, and maybe it's a good problem, it's different than other times in my ministry career, I'd say, but. Um, I get a good bit of like the mediocre people, you know? So I think for me, my question in my heart is always like, how do I deal with those people? It's definitely not a no, right? But they're not where at this point I would I would want them to be. So like, if I start just letting a lot of, you know, to put it this way, like the C pluses, the B minuses get in, and then all of a sudden a couple of A's come along, but I've already let, you know, five or six of these others come in and they're taking those Sunday spots, same effect, like doing a disservice to, to giftedness, I think, and not shepherding well. So that's that's a hard thing. That's really hard. By the way, your C pluses and B minuses are perfect for small churches and church plants. Okay. And so uh, that's helpful. What do you guys think about this idea that when someone first got in, like that level was really good, but over the last four or five years, that level has changed and that person hasn't kept up? Um, is that just you always you always grandfather in or do you have any other ideas about that? You're saying once in, always in? Is that so we're fighting against? It's it's uh it's it's really theology. Yeah, that's right. right Come now. on. Um <laughs> the doctrine of salvation is the same. Um yeah I I think uh two things come to mind because there, there's a church that I know um well and um it's not my own but I will not say uh, that has a lot of, a lot of people that have been there on that team for a long time. And as they've made some cultural shifts and some really good like strides to grow the team. And um, there's a lot of frustration and a lot of just confusion. And I've just thought like, you know, how do you get to a place like that? Um, And I think it's by doing what you just described for a long period of time, meaning that, uh, if if someone is not to the skill level, I think you have to have like a constant and not constant like daily or weekly, but like every six months or once a year, there's got to be some kind of evaluation, but two-sided. Like you can't come in hot and be like, let me evaluate you. You got to give them something that they start giving you feedback on your leadership mm-hmm. to allow you to speak in and, and asking like really good questions uh, that they will answer about you and to help your leadership. Uh, and then you're going to be able to speak into some things there and then to give them, you know, Hey, do you see yourself serving in this, this side for another six months, this ministry for another six months? Okay. If you do, here's some things that I see that you need to, you know, work on. Um, and just having those conversations with your team. And I think that's, we keep using that term shepherding. I think that's like one of the best ways we can, we've talked about shepherding, I guess, in the sense of like protecting our team, but also like fostering this really healthy communication with each other. I think that's how you continue to pull each other higher, right? Because you're letting them speak into your own leadership and own ability um, humbly, right? And then you're speaking, we're growing together. And so I think you have to have those those conversations consistently. And then if if you come into a team where uh, you're di- like, you didn't start that problem, but you're inheriting that problem. Um, and Lane, you know, you came into your church um as it had been established, I was kind of on the team that planted. So I haven't really, I've, what I've, <laughs> what you see at my church is what I've, you know, it's my fault. Um, it's your own, it's your own fault, the whole that's thing. Right. Yeah. That's right. But I, I can't blame anybody. That's else. right. I'll take full responsibility. Um, but, but I, I, I thought 
uh, you'll probably have a lot better insight on it. But as we were kind of thinking about it, I, I think back to having like clear expectations of everybody and values and allow those to be your bad guy. Uh, meaning that if they can't hold these expectations more often than not, more often than not, the ones that are like not stepping up and kind of getting really comfortable and they've just sang there for 40 years and that, you know, they're, they're not going to be quickly, um, stepping to those expectations because of their comfortability. And you're going to be able to say, look, man, like you're not, you're not stepping up in these areas. And so like, I can't, but look at so-and-so they're, they're on the same, you know, same page and you're just not here. So like, why not? And then have more conversations. And more often than not, those people are like, I need to step away. Um, and they may do that for you, but I, Lane, I'd be interested to see your, your experience in that. No, that's, that's actually a good thing you just said. I, I think as you recruit people and then you bring people in and, and a lot of times, you know, this, the old saying excellence breeds excellence. As you get more of those excellent people, I've noticed in our context that some of our legacy people, um, have started to realize I want to get better at this, or maybe I need to step away, not do this as much. So for example, like bringing in an MD, a director in the ears, bringing in extra tracks, all these things that that they had a little bit, but they got stronger. And now they're like, wow, how do, how do I learn to play with, with these tracks? How do I learn to set up tracks? How do I learn to run the tracks? And a couple of them have said, it's been a great 15 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm going somewhere else, right? Um, and then a couple of them have said, I actually want to get better at that. And so I grab onto that. There's There's been hardly, there have been one or two that have said, hey, I feel like maybe you're pushing me out a little bit. And so that's where I realized that I have to sit down with them and, and like honor them, but not coddle them, right? Say like, hey, yeah. you've been mm. awesome. You've been here, what, 15, 20 years, whatever. Man, I'm so glad to have you on the team, but you're right. Things are changing. We have, even since I came, new buildings, new stuff, all these things, new systems. The church is growing. And I'm I'm like, so I've given I've given these guidelines, like you said, Stephen, some, some things that we're working towards and working on. And if anyone is not able to, to do it, then we're going to ask you to take a break away and, and to try to grow in it and then see if there's another ministry area you want to serve in. And those men, those talks have been so well received, I think, because they see the heart behind it. I'm not up beating my chest at them and saying, man, peace, all these things. They sort of take what I'm giving them because they're trusting. I'm building trust with them. Yeah, I love that. They know your shepherd's heart. They know you're out for the best for them. And you've put in a lot of time and energy and effort to build the connections and the relationships uh, over time yeah. that give you the freedom to have those conversations. So that's good. I love yeah. that. And let the process be the bad guy. That's a really good, that's a really, really good phrase. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, this has been enlightening, and you guys are not as mean as I was expecting. So, uh, well done. Give it time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your time, Stephen. Thanks for your time, Lane. Absolutely, man. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back soon uh, with some more information with you guys and some more topics that we'll uh, get to unpack. Some amazing topics of difficult, difficult things like this because I have to call in the dream team for the hard stuff. <laughs> All right, you guys, you guys have an awesome uh, day, and uh, everybody, if you're listening, uh, God bless you wherever you are, and um, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Uh, reach out to us at worshipcatalyst.com. Follow us at worshipcatalyst on social. So, God bless you. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. We'll be back soon with another helpful episode. For more information and resources, or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com.